Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And I am your host, of course, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, as you know, we are talking about how to leave that horrible year behind and face this one with not only new focus, but a flexible focus so that we can handle whatever comes at us. And my guest today is definitely going to help us from a number of perspectives. So Cherie Burton is a pioneering spiritual psychologist whose evolutionary stand, speak, shine method transforms women. Although I know we have some men on here, so (laughs) maybe there's some things you can learn from it into a authentically embodied and empowered feminine leaders. And men, you can find your feminine side as well. It's important. She is a mother of six, an author, an international speaker, and host of the Women Seeking Wholeness podcast, which I can't wait to learn more about. And she's passionately driven to guide women influencers to heal, express, and create using the new feminine leadership paradigm. So that's going to be really interesting. So she's got great degrees in psychology and sociology. So she's got some uh, smarts to back up all this stuff as well. And she's held group therapist positions at psychiatric facilities, a team behavioral facility, and an addiction recovery center. So you know that she has um, seen all the different sides of all of us and the things that we've probably faced. Now, just, uh, just to throw this in here, she was crowned Mrs. Utah 2004 and has become a skilled mentor in speaking, beauty and queenly secrets, coaching multiple females who won pageant titles. And uh, I'll have to tell you a funny little story when we get into this later um, about my own little pageant title and uh, you'll laugh. It'll be fun. So Sheree, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait to hear your pageant story. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I don't know if it was really a pageant story. It's like my one claim to fame. I was Miss Drill Team Washington in 1985. Ooh, nice. I know. I know. Don't be jealous. I know. I am. I was jealous of the drill team girls. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I also competed in Miss Drill Team USA and uh, David Hasselhoff was the MC. And so you believe, you know, you know, there was like 51 people competing because maybe 52, because you had DC and then you had Puerto Rico. And I believe I took number 48 out of 52. So there you go. That puts it all in perspective. (laughs) So Sheree, I hit some of the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business and how you help people, especially women to shock their potential. Wow. And I love shock your potential, by the way. It's just, thank you. It's really moving. Um, I would have to say, you know, any, I interview a lot of people like you and I, I have found over the years that, that Everyone who has emerged in some way as an influencer went through a strong descent process Mm -hmm. and in some way, and then we go through them in multiple forms throughout our lives, like a roller coaster. Um, I kind of hit a rock bottom. There's a strong family history of depression and suicide and mental illness, particularly bipolar disorder in my family of origin. My parents have seven kids and 
um, of the seven, you know, almost all of them have been diagnosed bipolar, except for myself and weather sibling. My dad lost an aunt who was bipolar to suicide. Um, in her three, in her suicide letter, she asked uh, my parents to raise her three-year-old son. So he was adopted into our family when he was three. And then my own sister took her life, uh, who's two years younger than I am the year mm. that I was Mrs. Utah actually. So it, wow. um, she left behind five children. Wow. She lived in the same community as me. And it was really, really, as you can imagine, super devastating, but it was also kind of that line in the sand. Um, cause when I heard shock your potential, I'm like, that was one defining moment where that shocked my potential. Mm. It's like, what would she say if she could speak now? It's been 15 mm. years since she passed. And I certainly, um, have seen the aftermath with her family and whatnot, but I, it's like, there's, it's like the earth groans with untold stories and people who felt disempowered to the extent that they felt either they felt silenced mm. or they felt sick or they felt marginalized. And I just have always kind of known, even since I was really young, even when I was super introverted as a young kid, that I would be a speaker. I would share things through words that could wake people up, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I didn't yeah. really have, I, I can say that now I'm 51, but I didn't have that verbiage, like even 10 years ago to say that that's what I'm doing. But I guess I have the gift of God a little bit in the sense that I like to say things that get people to think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the superfluous journey of pageantry was just a way for me to claim my beauty and, and my voice as well. It was like, okay, whatever. I wore the crown and I can cross that off the bucket list, but <laughs> losing my sister that same year, it was this mm -hmm. huge paradox, you know? And so for me, the business part of it has been waffling through all of the loss. Um, I lost my firstborn daughter, like there's just been a lot of loss in my life. Um, a lot of disorientation with earth. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I think we're all spiritually homesick to some degree. And I can see that in people. When I worked in clinical spaces, I could see it. I could mm -hmm. see that we were dragging people up and trying to get them to talk it out. But there was this thing missing and mm -hmm. I wanted to find maybe multiple things, but especially this whole, like, the soul part of it, the soul of healing, not religious, not even necessarily totally spiritual. It's just like, you have this body and you have this spirit and that soul space wants to be heard. And I really believe people experience soul sickness and it comes out as a mental illness, whether mm -hmm. they've inherited it and it's been passed down generally, generationally. Um, so my business is stand, speak, shine. Mm-hmm. And it's all about it. empowering that. And it's for men and women. I've never had a man come through my courses, but <laughs> I have three sons and two of them are in college. One is eight years old and I have three daughters also, but my sons are, are, I, I, I want to say that they're like healthy feminists. They, they see how this feminine has been silenced for millennia. And I have always asked them questions how does that feel to you? What do you think about that? Which is a very feminine process. It's all about mm -hmm. going within instead of this is the way it is. This is what we're taught. Here's the traditions. Here's the rules. Here's the commandments. Here's the whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, no, like the feminine is all about nuance and inclusivity 
and taking everything that's marginalized and bringing it back to the heart of things. So in that sense, men are very connected to my work as well. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to bring out those qualities in them so that they can experience full emotional and spiritual healing. I love it. And, and it is, I, I know what you mean, um, in terms of feeling that, that disconnect, you know, where, where is the pain versus where do, where do we find solution? And I think it's interesting that you brought up, you know, we can medicate it, we can do talk therapy, those things have their place, but none of them totally deal with the whole issue. Um, and I've, uh, you know, I've participated in both. I actually sold it in pharmaceuticals for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And after my father passed, um, I could not get out of my depression. And I, I suffer from, I have a history of suffering from depression as well. And so it was the first and only time that I went on medication for it. And it actually helped bridge for sure. me the time. I think I was on uh, Prozac for maybe six months and it helped for me to find a bridge back over. But I remember the day that I thought, if I keep taking this, I will need to take this forever because yeah. it is, it is, it has been a bridge, but now it can be a crutch. And I don't want that. I want to figure out a different way to manage this. And so, you know, talk therapy and those things help. But when you are experiencing a lot of disconnect from things, not, there's really not one solution there which tells you that there's still something missing from everything. I, I, I think it's a really, it's a really insightful way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, all of us are carrying so much unprocessed trauma from the time we were in utero and maybe even before that, because we do inherit through epigenetics, you know, there's a whole emerging field of study on this, but we don't just inherit our ancestors, eyes, hair color and skin tone we inherit some of their unprocessed trauma. It's a whole emerging field of science that is looking into this. So you see souls come through that a little, that are a little more distressed. Mm -hmm. It's like they're here to clear something. And I believe that the people on the earth right now, we are the cleanup crew. We are mm -hmm. the ones that will have the awareness and the tools, things like um, EMDR and um, somatic body work. And there are so many things that we can do, energy psychology, plant medicine to get this trauma out other than just talking about it over, cause you can get in a loop, a yeah. psychic loop just from talking about it. <laughs> well, you really can, because uh, I was just interviewing somebody earlier and we were talking about, you know, you can't just say, stop thinking about that. Or once it's out, it's done because the more you talk and the more you recognize, or you're, you're immersed in it, the more it becomes present in your head. I also remember there was a time in my life where I, I almost embraced, I mean, the first time I, when I had my first real depressive episode, I was a senior in high school and I actually wanted to end my life. And I remember then for a while, I almost wore that like a badge, you know, like it was like, I wanted to tell people, you know, I've, I've gone through this, I've suffered, I wanted to end my life. And one day again, I'm like, why are you telling this story? Who yeah. cares? Like, not that they don't care, but why am I keep telling, why do I keep telling this story? Because every time I tell the story, it puts like me back there. Forcing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to move beyond that. Right. Yeah. I think the key is that we can so when we go through something, we extrapolate the wisdom from it mm -hmm. and the memory of it, but the charge goes away. 
So if we can tell the story and the charge isn't there and it's helping someone in our vulnerability and like, yeah. Hey, I've been there. I know exactly how you feel. I wanted to end my life. Um, I have to tell you, Michael, I haven't met anybody yet who's gotten real with me on any level that has not had a time in their life that they wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, we're just not talking about it. Right. right. But if you've been in that depth, you have a level of experience and wisdom around that, that enables you an expert <laughs> to come mm -hmm. back and share with people. But as long as you're not looping into the emotion of it and the victim mm -hmm. Uh, mentality, which obviously you're not, but I meet a lot of people who get mm -hmm. so engulfed in the story that they relive it and they they're stuck. <laughs> it's like a yeah. hamster wheel, you know, and they get attention from it. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, through my twenties, I think I probably was characterized like that. I wasn't necessarily seeking attention, but yet I was, and I was still going through it. I was still having, you know, lots of um, challenges with it. And it wasn't until my thirties where I actually learned, um, how much my diet was affecting my mood. And mm. for instance, you know, if I eat a bowl of cereal or if I eat a donut in the morning, my blood sugar spikes and then plummets and my mood is, there's, you can't, you can't pull me out of it that day. So mm. when people bring donuts to the office, I'm like, I want one so badly, but that is not just you know. going to impact the scale that's going to impact here. I can't yeah. do it. And when I found that, I started, you know, having better outcomes in terms of my moods and, and being more um, steady. But prior to that, it was keeping those stories going was almost my, um, like I said, kind of sometimes an armor, but I think sometimes a, um, um, you know, it was my way of saying, I, you know, I can't get out of this. I didn't know I was saying that to people, but I, I look back now and go, that's, that was probably even a bigger cry for help. If I'm still telling these stories, right. then I'm still not out of it. Yeah, exactly. And we tell stories about so many things, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, there's a, there's a phrase, perception guides biology. Bruce mm -hmm. Lipton said that. So it's how we're looking at those stories. It's the lens that we're looking through that creates the emotional charge that affects our health. It affects mm. our posterity. It affects everything. And so for me, I'm like, okay, it's that inquiry process. Like, is this really true? Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Byron Katie, but she has this whole thing on loving what is, and then going within and always asking, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? And when you get to the heart of it, usually it's illusion. And mm. we have all this emotional charge around illusion, around yeah. things we can't control. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> so for me, depression lives over here in the past. Mm -hmm. We can't, it's what a shit coulda, you know, regret, shame, loss, grief, all that stuff. We cannot yeah. get it back. And then anxiety is over here in the future. What might happen? The fear of if, what if neither mm -hmm. one of these states allow us to be in the present, which is where our power actually is. So excessive yeah. worry, excessive regret, remorse, what have you, self beat up, self shame, all lives over here. This is, I'm not going to be good enough to handle this, whatever. So if we access now, if we access the power uh, of now to quote Eckhart Tolle, that's being present is actually where all of our strength and empowerment lives present. Uh -huh. We hope that you are enjoying this episode of Shock Your Potential. We're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor. 
Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's And you're right. We don't, we don't stop to recognize that or repeat that enough or believe it enough. Right. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's actually really kind of interesting as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about this, even in, in regards to this theme for the, the month is, you know, so many, I always say, you know, it, it's not real, but we have a perception that when we flip that calendar over from one year to the next, that that act of the calendar gives us a fresh start. Um, it's actually kind of how I feel every September because I feel like it's going back to school. I don't know why. That's just what I associate with <laughs> <Yeah>. fresh starts. <laughs> but we, it's almost like, okay, we flip the calendar. Everything is a fresh start, but boy, I don't want any of that stuff from last year to happen again. And what is going to happen now? So you've got your yeah. fear and, and anxiety of the past. You've got your fear and anxiety of the future. And, you know, your loss of everything in this past year, just take one year in 2020 and, you know, getting people to the mindset. Yeah. Getting people to the mindset of just saying, okay, I can handle whatever happens. I can remain flexible and agile. And, you know, so I've been enjoying having this dialogue because it really is putting us in a different space. And I, as, as we're talking, I'm thinking this is so perfect for what you're saying to just live in the now and find the power of the now. Yeah. And maybe embracing that will help reduce the fear of the future. Yeah. Yes. And now that this is going to air in 20, you know, brand new straight slate January's your September is my January. Cause my birthday's on January 2nd and it's a new year. And I'm like, okay, new me, new earth, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we, um, we literally have the power to create any reality we choose. And I know we mm -hmm. hear that a lot, but do we, it's actually true. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, all of our, all of our stories live over here in the past, but, but when you wake up to the fact that you don't have to worry about the future because you get to choose how you feel, what perception you're going to have about whatever happens. I mean, we could have an economic collapse. We could have rioting in the street. We could, you know, who mm -hmm. knows? And for me, it's like, I trust that the lens I look through is love. Mm. So one of the mantras that came to me after a really powerful retreat I went to recently was there's nothing I was thinking about all the things in me I want to change, right? I was just mm. doing this little assessment, which can be empowering and very disempowering at the same time. So yeah. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do that, I need to write over here, things that are going right, things that are working. But right. when I was narrowing in on those things that I needed to shift, I literally heard there's nothing to heal. And I was like, yes, there is. There's this, I suck at this. I'm impatient. I'm all these things. <laughs> and it's like, you're whole at, at mm. the core of who you are. And so if you love what is it's, it was like, I'm paraphrasing the download I got, cause it didn't come through words. 
but it was exactly what I was telling you. Like if you, if I were to embrace the beauty of the now, there wouldn't be anything to fix in me. Hmm. It would just be, this is what is, this is what's happening. I cannot control it. The only thing that I can control is how I love. Hmm. And I, I used to have like a whole, my kids laugh at me. Um, I have this whole hobby of reading near-death experience books. Like if (laughs) one comes out, I have to get it and read it (laughs) because I just think it's so fascinating. They all come back from the other side and say the exact same thing. It's all about love. That's it. Yes. The whole point of this whole thing. Yeah. Have you, um, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking about this book. So now I know you've, you've probably read it. It was, gosh, it was probably from the, you and I are the same age. So it was. (laughs) maybe the late seventies, eighties, my mom got it. And of course, you know, I've read everything. Um, and it was Judith something, and it was called embraced by the light. Betty Edie. Yes. Yes. Embraced by the light. Yes. And her whole thing was she had that near death experience and you know what she, you know, you were talking about, you know, we're here to, we're the cleanup crew on, on earth. (laughs) And her whole thing was what she saw is that as souls, before we come down to earth, we choose the experiences we want to go through. So, and then we choose the other souls that we want to help teach us that lesson. Yes. And she was like, so if you have had a horribly traumatic experience, your soul said, I need to understand empathy of other people or something. So I'm going to have a traumatic experience in my earthly form. And I'm going to choose a couple other people to be a part of that. And I remember I've probably, you know, i over the years, I probably have read that three or four times. Uh, I probably the last time I read it was maybe when I was 20 or something, probably in my mid twenties when I was going through my divorce. And mm-hmm. I thought, did, did I really pick my ex-husband <laughs> to put me through this? <laughs> Cause if yeah. I did, that was stupid. Well, even the victim perpetrator <laughs> relationship, right? Like, yeah, like that's why no one's ever a victim. I know that sounds, you know, there's sex trafficking. There's so many horrible children are abused, but a soul, in, and from what I've read, a soul does not incarnate without a knowledge that they will be passing through things that grow them and expand them as a soul, including pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. So no one's ever a victim in that regard. They can always rise to the level of love and forgiveness and perspective. Yeah, It doesn't mean we don't have vast compassion for people who got hurt. I absolutely, I, I had a, a really horrible, um, relationship in my mid twenties that was really devastating. And I almost married him. And, and it was kind of reminding me what you said about your ex-husband. It's like, <laughs> I was like, he was for so many years, I was so angry at him because I had felt mm-hmm. abandoned and all these, there were a lot of dynamics happening. And interestingly enough, um, it finally clicked for me that he was just super wounded himself. Mm-hmm. And I actually had this dream. I don't know why I'm going to share it. Maybe somebody needs to hear it, but I've had a handful of dreams in my life that have been highly symbolic and they taught me things. But in this dream, I was sitting, I was sitting on a, on a beach and I was on a park bench and I was looking at the ocean and I was all by myself and I was totally vibing. I'm like, Oh, and all of a sudden I look and I could see somebody walk towards me. And then, then I realized it was Dave, my ex-boyfriend. And I was all this anxiety. I'm like mad and like, and then I'm like, what am I going to say to him? And as he got closer to me, he started to regress in age. And by the time he was at my feet, he was a toddler and he wanted, he was like this for me to pick him up. 
And it was like, this is all. And I heard like, this is all he ever wanted. And I picked him up and hugged him. And then I woke up and it was like, okay, he, and I know some of his history. He was, he was abused as a child by his mother. And so it just clicked for me. I'm like, of course I would be the one that he played out his abandonment and things on. Right. Because that happened to him. So we just never, yeah, even Trump, let's just bring up Trump for a minute. Like he's triggering everyone right now. Right. And everyone, there's so many, um, different schools of thought. And it's like, for someone to have that inflated of an ego, they have to be so wounded on the inside, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to see people that way. Right. We want to just see them as harmful and whatever. And sometimes we need to be protected from people, but anyway, that that's just my, my take on, um, coming from the space of love in business, in self care, Mm -hmm. in, um, all of our relationships, it starts with how do I bring love in and love myself and how do I breathe it out to everything else, including my experiences? What is in front of me? Good, bad, or ugly. Sorry. I have a child entering the room. He just got new glasses. I love him. I'll talk to you later, honey. He just got new glasses. I love it. I love it. Well, I think you're you're right on. Um, and I always say that you never know what goes on behind anybody else's four walls. So you know, it's really easy to well, it's really easy to judge ourselves, but it's really easy to make assumptions about other people, especially if they make us mad or they hurt us. And and you know, sometimes it's very hard to get out of that pain and suffering. It took me a long time to get out of that pain and suffering with my ex-husband and probably you with, with uh, Dave as well. And at some point you reach it and you go, okay, no, the, the story is like, I'm not mad anymore at my ex-husband. You know, it doesn't, it, what doesn't suit me, it doesn't serve me to do that. And yeah. there's no, there's no benefit for me to hold on to that. Um, I, I had to go through it, I think, because you know, you have to decide when you're going to give up pain. Um, I had a really amazing guest on the first year that I did the podcast. Her name is Madeline Black and she's from the UK. And she, um, when she was a teenager, she was gang raped Mm. and it was this incredibly horrifying situation, Mm. but she tells the story of her life in such a beautiful way. And she's very raw and honest. And she, you know, she talks about the circumstances that put her in that situation. So it happened and, you know, what she did from there and how she spiraled and, and um, her, her whole story was about that same thing. Like one day I realized I will never be a whole person. If I still carry that trauma, I've got to let it go. I've got to love myself. I've got to love them, Mm -hmm. you know, that did it. I have to find love in this or else there's nothing left of me. And her courage in that, it just, I love this woman. I, we've, we've stayed connected um, ever since I met her. I follow as much of her stuff as I can. Um, she just started a podcast, you know, dealing with other survivors and things. I'll yeah, I will. Her. I'll get you connect her. I'll get you connected with her. She's just amazing. But I think you guys would have definitely um, some great conversations too, because she also knew that physically her body was no longer, you know, serving her when her mental state was still so drug in the past. And, and, you know, our bodies are telling a story and they tell the story of whatever's going on in our head most of the time as well. Right. Yes. And there's another saying, um, the body sheds the tears, the eyes refuse to shed. 
and and the story is written on you somewhere so by the time it shows up as a physical issue it's had an emotional energetic root for some time it's embedded in there somewhere and that's why i say with trauma with when we get to a space in medicine where we're really going core and deep with unprocessed trauma which is energy it's not you can't draw someone's blood and see the trauma and the blood on the slide right you can't mm-hmm. take an MRI and, and see trauma, but right. you can see when it goes physical, when it solidifies or condenses or materializes into something. Yeah. And, and sometimes again, that's generational, but when medicine finally gets to the point where it's ready to go deep and it isn't about pharmaceuticals and it isn't about feeding these special interest groups, but it's truly about healing and it isn't mm-hmm. about money that's when we'll start to see the shift in healthcare. And I believe we have all of those tools right now on the earth. It's just a matter of getting them in the right hands. And yeah, I agree. I agree. And being open enough to, to look at things from a different perspective. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's amazing. So, you know, when you work with, um, with your clients, you know, tell me a little bit just about, you know, how do you get them to start their journey of, you know, kind of this, you know, different kind of level of awareness. How do you help them start to pull back some of the layers? Sure. That's a really good question. Uh, so coming back to the feminine, and the masculine, which are two energies that live in us, yin yang, whatever you want to call it. We all have different ways of, of moving through the world with those energies. It doesn't matter. It's not gender specific. So like if I'm leading with my masculine, I'm getting things done. I'm, I'm narrowing in, I'm focusing, I'm taking action, all of those things. I think um, those systems and structures that we put in place when we're in that is, is important, but what sometimes it's called scaffolding, right? But we need to climb into that scaffolding and that's where the feminine is. It's, um, intuition and movement and breath. Mm. So when I work with people, that's where we start. I have a stand speak shine school where we do this as a group, but if I'm working in a personal coaching relationship with somebody, I always start with, are you in your body? Have you Mm. checked out? because you cannot come into your power if you're not grounded. And that's where the stand and stand speak shine came because why would you use your voice if you're not grounded? Why Mm -hmm. would you do, you know, even your relationships or running a business, if you're not in your body, you're not making the most intuitive uh, wisdom, you know, kind of, you're not leading with wisdom. You're Mm -hmm. off the cuff. So that comes with breath. Um, I did a yoga, a 200 hour yoga teacher training with my daughter when she was 19, she's almost 22 now. And it rocked our worlds. We were like, Oh my gosh, why aren't we learning this in school? The power of breath. Like we need to be learning this stuff literally when we're in preschool. Right. Yes. And, um, we've just all disassociated and checked out and given our power away because we haven't known how to access our own wisdom. Children do it intuitively. They know what they want. They know how to love. They know how to be yeah. in their bodies. So, so breath is huge and movement getting out in nature is massive. If you want to connect to your feminine energy, whether you're male or female, get your, get yourself outside, get in the sun, mm-hmm. or even like today is a really cloudy day, but get your feet in the soil, step out in the wind, whatever you need to do, because that's, yeah. that's a huge part of accessing that. And then inquiry, just journal writing, contemplation, music is huge. Um, anything Mm. that you can do to engage your senses. So if I'm working with someone one-to-one, I ask her, 
what are you doing to be a sensual person? Not a sexy person that might come later, but since it's like, <laughs> what might be a byproduct you... of this. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice, uh, osmosis by osmosis that happens, but what are you looking at? What are you listening to? What are you feeling? What are you smelling? I love essential oils. I'm a huge essential oils freak. Mm. Um, but just anything that you can do to open those sensory portals, you're going to feel better. You're going to yeah. be more awake. You're going to be in your body. So those are the things, breath, nature, senses, movement. I love it. And I think that goes, I think that goes just right in line again with, you know, with our theme is, you know, making sure that you're, you're stopping to ground yourself and check in on yourself and, and, you know, take those little, uh, you know, those touch points. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about being grounded and in your body and being aware of your body, one of the things I realized, um, uh, just probably in the last month or so is that since from the outbreak of COVID, I have never been so much in my head, constantly asking myself, do you have a sore throat? Do you have a fever? Is that a cough? What do you have going on? <laughs> and I realize, and I haven't, I haven't been able to, you know, turn this switch completely off yet, which is funny because I, you know, if I travel a lot, usually <laughs> to speak, um, you know, so you get cold, you get the flu every once in a while, you know, you get something and I'm never terrified of it. It was almost, it was always like, oh, well, there's that. That's going to take me out for a couple of days, but it's such a different level of stress that, um, constantly checking or, or, or evaluating yourself that it's not only exhausting, but mm -hmm. it feels like it's making me like the worst hypochondriac ever in the world. And I just, I finally, I thought, I don't know if I'm the only person going through this or not. And I made the comment to one person, they go, Oh my God, I thought I was so alone. Yeah. So I've talked to a lot of people that I think are so fixated in that standpoint. And not that we're like overly crazy, you know, we've gone out, we've done things, we've gone to meals where, you know, we're pretty relaxed. I'm really actually not afraid of getting sure. the disease. I'm more afraid of giving the disease to somebody else. Yeah. So it's, it's just the sense of, I think sometime this year, I'm hoping in 2021, my brain will go, okay, <laughs> gosh, yeah. I'd really like to get a cold. Well, that, that's the, well, that's the gift in this whole COVID thing is it's, I hate to use the word force, but it's forcing us to go underground. And that is the feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the spiritual leaders, thought leaders and influencers that I've talked to who are like mystics or sages or yogis or whatever, they've all said we needed something. The world yeah. needed something to wake us up, to get us to go within. So while you may perceive it as hypochondriasis, it might actually just be, wow, I'm really tuning in and it's subconscious. All of us are doing it. I must, yeah. um, what's going on in here? And this whole quarantine, it's literally putting us in, we're in a lockdown right now with our state. Yeah. And, um, every time that happens, I'm like, okay, a little more quiet, a little more introspection, <laughs> but I hate it too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I traveled, yeah. I was in, I, I was traveling every month, you know, before this and overseas a lot. And I miss that. But at the same time, I'm like, I need to travel within, I need to go in here. This is a world in here. Yeah. And you get a chance to explore it. I love it. Sheree, this is amazing. Um, I know we're going to have all your confirmation or all your confirmation, all your information and your confirmation. 
<laughs> on our show notes. Clearly, I've been taping a few episodes today. And uh, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they think that you may be exactly what they're looking for, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. So they can just go to standspeakshine.com or shereeburton.com takes them both places. I just have some fun freebies on there, a free healing kit that you can download. There's a fun lookbook to kind of nourish your senses and get you in your body. Um, I have lots of course offerings and fun things. So at all, all levels uh, of interest and pay and cost and what have you, but uh, my baby is uh, the Stan Space Shine school that I do every year. So um, if somebody feels the call to join in and participate, it's for, it's 12 weeks every January to April. And you can pretty much hop on anytime. It doesn't have to be January to April, but yeah, it'll be fun to see what 2021 brings, uh, what it's going to teach us on the planet. And that's, I love guiding people through the next level, the next uh, ascension process for themselves. Next I love level. it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So before we go, I mean, we've got, we've given a lot of great concepts here, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Uh, healing does not have to be complicated. Hmm. And I think it goes back to what we said before about being present. When you feel present with yourself, you feel whole and you don't have the compulsion to fix anything. So I would just invite all your listeners to see themselves as whole and uh, see what miracles come forward when they start to look through life through that lens and that perspective. Watch how their perception will guide a new biology through that paradigm shift that you're already whole. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Shri. It's been absolute pleasure having you as a guest. And I know my listeners and viewers are, have taken a lot away from today. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and Sales Mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.